Welcome back to Flower Film Country. I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement. And today we're talking about I Still Believe, the Christian movie uh, with KJ Appa playing Jeremy Camp, the uh, true story of Jeremy Camp and his first wife's um, untimely passing to cancer um, and the story of faith. And uh, we're going to dig into it. This is a really interesting movie. This is one of the most interesting Christian movies that I've seen. And I'm uh, excited to hear what Olivia has to say about it, too. Um, and the connections to Riverdale and all that good stuff. So uh, <laughs> before we jump into it, yes, we are late. This is coming out, I think, to uh, I think a week I think past week? what it was supposed to. So we're running a little behind. Life has gotten to us, but we got a consistent schedule for you guys the rest of the year. Um Olivia, how's your uh, AMC Stubbs A-List journey going? You know, you want to update been, us? Yeah, so I've seen, it's crazy because I have the opportunity to see three movies a week, which I don't know who's able to go to the movie theater three three times a week. Not me. I've done that once. I've gone one single you, so time. So you've only done it once since you got I've it. I've only, yeah. I've had it since uh, June mid-june and so i started off with uh wes anderson's asteroid city and i've seen i've seen a lot of stuff a lot of stuff we've covered stuff i wouldn't have necessarily seen otherwise so um joyride might not have been something i would have gone out of my way to see but i'm glad i did uh blue beetle which was fine and then gran turismo which It was, that was, that was a, and I mean this in an endearing way. It was a mid movie, but like in the best way. Like Cocaine Bear. Like, yeah, like Cocaine Bear. Yeah. Cocaine Bear is the best mid movie I've seen this year. Yeah. Uh, The most recent one I was able to see was the 30th anniversary of Hocus Pocus. So that was a lot of fun. I went with my mom to go see that because that's like one of those movies we watch every year together which is real sweet we've been doing that for years uh we went and the theater was was really full which was Mm -hmm. cool uh it had a bunch of kids though which it's a kid's movie yeah like little kids and it's a kid's movie it's a disney movie so it makes sense it wasn't though until i watched this movie in a theater full of children that i realized how often they said the said the word virgin what have you you've never seen it have you no we talked about this it was oh, like that's right, we that's texted right. about it um, yeah yeah this was like a props. hard no you can't watch this yeah that makes sense movie. that makes sense so. um before we started recording we talked about how i haven't thought about movies that we're going to cover next year right now in this moment uh hocus pocus is going to be one we cover next year next mm-hmm. time, next october anyway Nice. Yeah, so... Do you know anything about the movie? No. All right. Okay. Uh, Three Witches, that's all I know. Three Witches, yeah, yep. so they... Sanderson Sisters? The Sanderson Sisters. That's, yep, that's all I know. They're they're killed because of their witchcraft, and they before they die, they say, you know, uh, we will come back when... A virgin lights the black black flame candle on Hollow's Eve or something like that. Well, so it's like 
it's is it like a movie truck full of innuendos like on that stack on top of that or not really just like not really there's a there's a couple of times where it's like 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 when they come back they end up getting on a on a bus and the bus driver is like kind of hitting on them and at one point they he's like i can take you to something desire something about their desire and they said well we desire children because that's how they stay stay young is like eating children um and he goes well it might take me a couple tries but i bet we can get we can work that out or something like that oh my gosh yeah which as a child you don't understand that joke that was definitely a joke for for the parents watching it with their children yeah but uh yeah there wasn't a ton of like in in windows in that movie but they said virgin a lot interesting so Um, anyway have you seen any of the wes anderson shorts no i haven't had a chance to watch any of those you watched have you watched all of them i watched them all there's four on netflix the longest one is um the wonderful story of henry sugar and then benedict cumberbatch is in another one called poison Mm -hmm. um ray fines plays the rat catcher and the narrator rolled doll um and all four were really good and i just they're just like little it was a little delight and then on friday Justin and i got to see friday the 13th um at the cows run robinson theater part of the library system downtown oh cool uh we got to see friday the 13th and there was a packed house like nice seen a bunch of old movies there Mm -hmm. over the years and that was the fullest i've seen it and (laughs) it was people were just laughing because friday the 13th the old one is not a very good movie i don't think apparently none of them are very good okay um but people were just laughing at all like the bad jokes and there were a couple legitimate scares and good kills but for the most Mm -hmm. part it's like this is just not aged that great like it's just kind of it looks doesn't look great there's Uh one shot when she's on the lake and it is that's a an amazing jump scare that i just wasn't expecting i had no idea Mm -hmm. about it you hadn't Um, seen it before i had not seen it before okay but the shot itself looked very good so i was like oh that's a cool shot so we had a lot of fun had dinner beforehand at dizzy's and yeah so yeah who is who's the the killer in that one like it's it's the mother jason isn't in it at all and the hockey mask is not in it at all Wait, okay, so so Friday the 13th is Jason, and he's not even yes. in that one? He, well, this is a spoiler for Friday the 13th because you're never going to watch it. But I'm never going to watch it. The, it starts with Jason drowns oh, okay. at the camp. The camp shuts down, and then the mother is then is the one who ends up killing everyone to keep the camp from reopening. So she's the killer, <laughs> technically. <laughs> what a way to go yeah like that's that is an interesting tactic yeah it's like it's like a good Mm -hmm. it's good right it's like a good setup but it's not a Mm -hmm. good writing in the movie gotcha um so the the mother is played by um what's her name betsy palmer apparently Mm -hmm. she was like a big actor in the in the 60s 70s 80s and um she's like pretty good but not that great and she kind of comes okay. in at a weird time and um, okay but <laughs> yeah so wild wild experience so like really fun experience with everyone but not a good movie so 
Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But um, looking forward to Killers of the Flower Moon. We're going to be covering that um, in a couple weeks and Prince of Egypt in a couple weeks. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It will be a lot of fun. Months. um, So you want to talk? You want to talk? I still believe. Do you still still believe believe we can pull off this episode after it being delayed? (laughs) I still believe that we can cover this episode. Yeah. All right. So where do we start? let's, Let's just dive right in, you know? Let's just dive right in. Um, let's just dive hey my wi-fi just cut out so okay um but i can still hear you so okay we can just keep going if uh okay yeah should should all be good Um, okay see i've cut out yet so i still believe is based on jeremy camp's memoir um jeremy camp is a very famous um christian singer songwriter and it covers it, this this movie and the book itself is really about the trial of faith he went through when his first um he he married Melissa Henning um and she died of ovarian cancer um less than a year into their marriage so very tragic story um so and also want to like preface the conversation that Olivia and I are about to have is really a critique of the movies uh technical decisions the story story writing and plotting and directing decisions and not um an indictment of camp or his family or that tragedy uh because yes. that's a that's a very important distinction I want to make right at the beginning of this conversation because there are mm-hmm. some like just really cringy laughable moments even in the midst of some of the um scenes of uh depicting how harrowing cancer is in mm-hmm. cancer treatment um and i don't want it to be mistaken that we're making light of those situations uh, or anyone who is going through um cancer treatment so anyway uh just wanted to start with that and olivia what do you think about it? i think you should i think you should, i almost said i think you should leave uh, i still <laughs> I think believe. you should leave uh so actually it's not if if we're we're talking about this being a christian movie and comparing it to other christian movies it's not that bad like sure i I did not think it was that bad compared to other christian movies especially ones that we have covered on the pod uh that doesn't make it a good movie necessarily Mm -hmm. but it was it was i think it was more tolerable than other other christian movies and there were certain like i will say there were certain like shots in the movie certain aspects of the cinematography that weren't that weren't bad that i actually were like oh that's yep that's not a bad shot it looks pretty good yeah and so i think from a technical as like aspect or technical point um it it's probably a better movie than than a lot of the christian movies we've talked about uh it it felt like some so something that we've talked about with other christian movies especially like movies like god's not dead Mm -hmm. it's those movies feel like basically sermons but in a movie form yes this did not feel quite as like 
sermon e as as those uh, and, and i i didn't really feel like it was like preaching at me necessarily mm-hmm. but i also don't know if that's because i am a christian in my own like in my own right and, and so i don't know if it would have felt differently if i wasn't a christian myself and didn't practice that or live in that world yeah um, so I was looking at reviews on Letterboxd and it was interesting seeing how some people were like, yeah, this movie was just preaching at me. It's a terrible Christian movie. And then other people were like, you know, it, it didn't it didn't tell me that I'm a terrible person and mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to hell for whatever reason. And so it was it was just interesting to see how other people were reacting to it as well. So, Isaac, what did you think? I, I agree with everything you said. The really the. The short, like the short way you can describe this movie is that, or for for me is that it pivots pretty hard away from the. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to find their names, but um, the brothers who did Courageous and War Room and Facing the Giants mm-hmm. um, are very much like this is not art. This is a sermon. Uh, the mm-hmm. Kendrick brothers. Kendrick brothers. Yeah this isn't this is really like this is a platform and this is all this is and we're just gonna kind of like preach (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like share our message um you know melissa henning's passing is and especially the circumstances surrounding that um and jeremy uh, she and jeremy kemp were very young they were she was 21 i believe Mm -hmm. yeah and he was he was younger than her i'm pretty sure right no well i just was looking at his wikipedia page and it said that he was 23 when they got married and she was 21 the this this should be i mean like any movie and and we can probably name some but like movies where someone is dying of an illness should be pretty hard to a lot more difficult to swallow and there are a couple scenes that are like are pretty harrowing and Mm -hmm. difficult to um sit through Mm -hmm. but the thing about this movie is that it at the outset it kind of you know that it's a christian movie but in a weird way god is not as big of a character as i feel like he should be if that Mm -hmm. makes sense Mm -hmm. in the sense that like I kept waiting for them to say, you know, watching it for the first time is interesting because I thought, well, is she, uh, <laughs> is she, um, when, is, when is this bad, like Kendrick brothers dialogue going to come in? Mm-hmm. But like, Oh God, like just, you know, like God gave me this purpose that setting with, um, camp at his home at the very beginning with Gary Sinise and, um uh, Shania Twain I was like this is like this feels like a real movie you know like like <laughs> this is cool it's like this a is good. real movie like a movie like yeah. a movie in a good way I was like okay okay I mean yeah. but then there's this sort of well why is he going to college and there's even the there's interesting things about you know the background of his dad starting a ministry and then it failing 
Mm-hmm. Um, they mention that, but you don't hear about it until later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, oh, this is just not good. This isn't a good movie in the sense that like it wasn't written the way it should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have been kind of weaving in failure and like uncertainty and, you know, the complexity of life through the beginning. And, you know, his dad's a pretty big part of the movie at, as bookends. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm kind of rambling. But overall, this looks better than the Kendrick Brothers movies. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's still, it, in my mind, it swings too far away from, well, we're not going to have, like, the cheesy dialogue. It's almost like there's not enough dialogue about... yeah. Yeah, this is how I view my relationship with God, and this like I really don't. I in getting this out of the way, I don't think Britt Robertson is very good as sure. as Melissa Henning. Um, I I was kind of like cringing and laughing at most of her lines. Um, but but her she was being the one really delivering. Like I'm like like God is kind of like leading me this way or that way. And it's just kind of like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really like believe you <laughs> like, or feel like <laughs> there's, that's a, there's conviction there. Um, which is, which is difficult because I was like, you know, facing the giants didn't really happen. And like courageous didn't really happen. And, you know, this is based on real people. And so it's like, I really don't want to be, uh, harsh Mm -hmm. because these are real circumstances Mm -hmm. so yeah i i feel like it just wasn't written very well i agree there was like there was like almost not enough dialogue and there was no character development which i realize is like weird to say because you're right these are real people Mm -hmm. but i mean I don't know you I felt like their relationship felt rushed which I don't know it seemed like they were at a Christian school so it probably was rushed um because you know ring by (laughs) spring is a a real thing at Christian schools yep um I I see it all the time because I work on a Christian university and so you know better than most I do know better than most and every time I'm just like oh boy all right, let's see how this goes. But anyway, yeah, so so I maybe in some ways it was rushed, but and, and like here's the thing, like I know several people who had short relationships and were like, "No, this is the one." And then they got, you know, got engaged, got married, mm-hmm. all that. Um and, and so like I'm not trying to say like it wasn't sincere or anything like that. Um but yeah, like in, at least in the movie for me it felt like there was not enough development or backstory or anything for them to feel like real people. Exactly. That's, I was just reading David, not David Sims. Um, Ehrlich's David Ehrlich's review is really yeah. good. Um, yeah. He said, uh, the Irwin brothers weren't so, if they weren't so unwaveringly earnest with their sermonizing, which you and I, think this movie really isn't as much sermonizing it's just kind of like there's weird dead space 
where there mm-hmm. should be sermonizing. That's kind of how I felt. Like, like yeah. nothing is happening. This is a long movie, and there's like not like yeah there's just slow boring conversation like going right. to a christian campus and actually sitting there would be more interesting than watching this movie. yeah like because yeah. there's because people on those campuses are com- complex and mm-hmm. you don't get any sense of that but he said uh they're so hell-bent on finding god that they forget to make any sense of uh to make any of their characters feel human it's sanitized to the point that makes a walk to remember feel like silo by comparison, which I think is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a couple other comparisons I saw on a walk to remember or a, on Letterboxd about this movie to a walk to remember. Yeah, or a fault in our stars, which I thought was funny. Yeah, it really is. Um, but the the scene that I laughed the hardest at was when um, it's toward the beginning of the movie and um, KJ Appa, I'm like, I'm not even going to call him Jeremy Camp. Like KJ Appa is like walking out to this, onto this pier at the beach and mm-hmm. she's in running clothes and she runs past him and they have like a meet cute mm-hmm. and she's like, Jeremy. Oh, and they had like met the day before, I think. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Jeremy, what are you doing here? And he goes, uh, I, I was, I walk here. And yeah, <laughs> do you remember that? Yes, because he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I walk, I walk here every day. Yeah, and I'm like trying to do the stuttering, like yeah, yeah, um, being caught off guard. But then he runs, he follows her on a run, and he's wearing jeans. Yes. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. The movie, the movie lost me there. So. Yeah. Um. Someone said that this is a star is born for anti-vaxxers. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> not to get political, but. Not to get political. That so, was just really funny. Yeah. John and Joe Irwin are, John and Andrew Irwin are the brothers who directed this together and John Irwin just recently did Jesus revolution, which made a ton of money mm-hmm. at the box office. This movie mm-hmm. did not make a ton of money. I think it made, um, it had a $12 million budget and I think it made 16. It also, wasn't office. it a pandemic movie? Like, didn't it come out? Yeah. It yes. came out in 2020. So let's see yeah. when its release date was. I think it was, see march 13th 2020 yeah so yeah jesus revolution made 53 at the box office that came out this year mm -hmm. um it came out the same weekend as cocaine bear because i went to go see cocaine bear and my pastor said he saw me at the theater but i was like too far away for him uh jesus revolution he saw jesus revolution because sunday that sunday at church he was like hey i saw you at the theater and i was like oh what did you go see and he goes jesus revolution and i was in the conversation with someone else so she heard us have this conversation Mm. and he goes would you go see and i said cocaine bear and the other person just cracked up so that was hilarious yeah Yeah. because it is pretty funny that he went to go see jesus revolution and i saw cocaine bear yep um so oh yeah so i can only imagine made 86 million on a seven million dollar budget so that that was a pretty big hit um, that I think that was their first big hit. Um, yeah, they do I think that was their anti- first film. 
The what? Wasn't that their first film? I believe so. They they may have had. Um, I know they have an anti-abortion movie. Uh, that may October have been their first, baby. Yes, that may have been their first movie. But um, so yeah, different different flavor. It's interesting, just kind of talking about these filmmakers and their differences. So that was the other thing I wanted to bring up. Too, I don't know if you knew this, but um, Mark Wahlberg is moving into doing like maybe not I think like somewhat family friendly but like more like films about faith mm-hmm. um which makes that makes sense yeah because he's he's kind of moving away from that and I I can't remember I feel like I know that he has a relationship with Mel Gibson because they did a movie together um mm. but Shia LaBeouf recent like allegedly had a um conversion to Christianity recently as well and which I, is interesting considering he's married to mia goth who does all sorts of movies that seem very not like that and i don't yeah. like i don't mean that in uh i don't know we can't say anything for sure about <laughs> that's <laughs> true that is true very true yeah but it's interesting just like talking about like these the the uh Irwin brothers have not a very distinct taste i would say it's a pretty like competent like commercial mm-hmm. taste whereas the kendrick brothers are very much you know what what this is about faith and we're gonna put it in your face and put it all out there and then you're gonna have mark Wahlberg doing some more you know maybe nuanced things um mm-hmm. in the faith space in hollywood um so that's more of the technical side of this but yeah, I don't really have like a lot more to say about. I think you sh- or I think you should leave. <laughs> I I think you should still believe. Um, Kejapa is like he has a great voice. I thought the all of the uh, concert scenes mm-hmm. were pretty good, pretty gripping, and um, and he has a he's a great performer. So apparently he did that reluctantly. He didn't want to, but. Um, He, well, he sings on, his character sings on Riverdale a lot too, I think. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually think they did a, a whole like musical episode one time. Yeah. But I don't know that for a fact. I feel like I saw that somewhere. So yeah, he sings. Have you ever watched any of his TikToks? No. Okay. They're, they're weird. He, he's, he is an interesting person. It seems like, um, because his TikToks are very odd. Yeah. So I don't even know how to explain them. If if you're listening to this and you've seen them, you you know what I'm talking about. They're just like weird. But um yeah. I don't know how I feel about KJ Oppa. Do you have any like strong feelings about him either way? I haven't watched Riverdale. I just the thing that sticks in my mind is uh You've never experienced the highs and lows of <laughs> high school football. <laughs> I wish I know. I know Walter is like super busy with everything right now, and so, which is understandable. I totally get that, and so I know why he's not on this episode. But man, I wish he was so he could talk about KJ Oppa and Riverdale. Yeah, give us an insider scoop. Yeah, uh, so. I texted him 
when we started recording and I said, give me some crazy Riverdale quotes. And he said, just Google them. They'll come. (laughs) (laughs) Riverdale is such a fascinating show because like every time I watched the first season and the first season was just wild. It was so weird. Like it started off kind of normal and I was like, okay, cool. Like it kind of got a little creepy and weird. I was like, okay, this is fine. Like I'm cool. And then it very quickly got into like the occult and it was right around the time like Netflix's Sabrina this Teenage Witch came out and I was like ah, uh-huh. I don't I'm not into any of this. And so I only watched the first season, but every time I would come across like a storyline from Riverdale, I was like this is the most insane thing I've ever heard. But it was the it yeah, was what was happening. There's one where I I found out like wait, there's a teacher sleeping with a student and I was like this oh. like what? That- that happened pretty little liars too yeah yeah i'm just like that's that makes me feel icky on so many levels yeah. probably because my wife is a teacher um, yes yeah no yeah. it should make you feel icky regardless like it makes me feel icky and i have yeah. well i guess my brother my brother's a teacher so i guess that might help like help with that but it's gross regardless like yeah. i remember whenever pretty little liars first started airing and everyone was like because because the teacher's name was ezra and he mm-hmm. was sleeping with one of one of the main characters, even though he was her teacher. Um, but he was like fresh out of college, so he was a very new teacher, and everyone's like, Oh, he's just really young. I was like, he's a grown adult. Yeah. And especially when I was like 22, 23, thinking back to it of like ever thinking about anything with a 16-year-old made me want to throw up. That sounds it just <laughs> gross. Anyway. Um here's a quote from Cheryl. I want to be a role model for all people, even the ones who need makeup really badly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Incredible. gosh. Incredible. Um, and then Jughead said, if you haven't noticed, I'm a, I'm, I'm a weird. Weirdo. I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't fit in and I don't want to fit in. Ugh. But the epic hose, highs and lows hose. of the <laughs> the epic, the epic lows of high school football is not on this list which is kind of disappointing that is disappointing yep so oh it looks like uh they sing green day's good riddance at one point in season five nice and they sing shallow it's gotta be shallow from yes shallow from a star is born Ooh, classic um it'll be interesting to see what the riverdale cast goes on to do yeah well because uh camilla mendez was in a netflix movie with maya hawk oh yeah do revenge which was i enjoyed it like it was it was a fun movie it was kind of like it was Kind of getting at the tropes of high school movies, but in a, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I think I gave it like three and a half stars. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, I'll be curious to see what they end up doing. Um. After this episode this. just isn't the same without Walter, because I'm sure it's at this point really he would not. be like supplying would... us with all this information we don't know. Yeah. Walter, you're dearly missed. Dearly but, missed. But yeah, Riverdale was on for like ever it seems like i'm trying to see where how many seasons did it have yeah i think it had like seven or eight seasons seven seasons 
at one point they go back in time. Um, at one point Cheryl is basically like Scarlet Witch and she has to like save Riverdale. They do a crossover with Sabrina. It's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not encouraging anyone to watch it. Chad Michael Murray shows up in it as like a leader of a cult, I think. Nice. So they all probably have huge fat checks that they're so Oh yeah. Like Oh, for so, sure. Because those sh- those shows were like I mean that or those shows. That show was really popular with the youth. <laughs> the youth. The youth. So <laughs> Well, because it came out after we had graduated college, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, we were old at that we point. We were old. We are old. Yeah. So, yeah, we um, are. Yeah, any other thoughts about KJ Appa? This, this is just, like, great podcasting. This is awesome. We're crushing it. No, I don't have any more thoughts on KJ Appa. Do you? Um, handsome guy. Kind of reminds me of... Uh, Brendan, I forget his name. Uh, he plays Nightwing. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah, Brendan Dwight. He that guy is handsome. Yeah, he's Australian too. Actually, KJ Oppa might be. KJ Oppa is Australian. I didn't know that. No, he's New Zealand. He's New Zealand. Uh, um, very handsome. No, the dude who plays Nightwing is, I think, Australian. Yeah. So. Um. S- someone on hold on. Someone on Letterbox said that uh, KJ Oppa with brown hair looks like human shrek (laughs) (laughs) pull up a couple more of these honestly we should just read letterbox quotes from this or reviews from this movie because it's it's really funny but (laughs) what do you think about i think we've sort of talked about this but what do you think about you know some of these kind of big names being in these christian movies like shania twain shania twain was on set for like two days she was probably on set for two days and was also probably either super high or super drunk have you seen any videos of her latest like concerts is she not doing too good i don't think so there's been some where she like is like really badly slurring her words when she's like talking not necessarily when she's performing but when she's talking to the um to the crowd and it just doesn't look like she's doing very well which makes me really sad because Shania Twain was was very central to my childhood yeah especially as a little kid a legend i mean if you hear let's go girls it's it's time like ready to run through a brick wall yeah it's interesting. But. One person said, I hope to have faith like Melissa. Her story is so beautiful mm-hmm. um, with a bunch of crying emojis, but gave it two and a half stars. So I feel like that's how I feel <laughs> about yeah. this movie. <laughs> Except I would have rated it much lower. Very cheesy, another person said. Yeah. Great podcasting. Um, well, it is it is cheesy, and it, I don't think it's as cheesy as you know, facing the giants or like any of those other like Kendrick brother movies. Yeah, but it's cheesy in the sense of like I don't know. 
it's just not real like that's that's the whole difficulty about it and that's why you know i wouldn't and it's hard to like not make that critique and like i don't it's not an indictment of you know you know whatever i don't know like i just wouldn't want if i i'm not even gonna say that go ahead well so i think like Again, we said this at the top. This is not a critique on the pain and like the experience that Jeremy Camp and his family and Melissa's family went through. Um, it just, I don't know. Like, I I feel like for me personally, which I joke about this with my friends of being a bad Christian because. I feel very skeptical a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. truthfully, about a lot of things. And so, so seeing, you know, Melissa had a couple lines in the movie where it just felt so cheesy and just so like, okay. And... I was just like, well, that's probably not how, which like, this doesn't necessarily have to be like how I would respond. Obviously that's not gonna be the case in literally any movie, but I was just like, man, I don't know if people in real life would actually respond that way. I'm sure there are some Mm -hmm. people who would be like, yeah, like, you know, I just have to, you just have to believe and I have faith in God and like all this stuff. But like, there seemed to be no genuine I think there was maybe one scene where she felt where she seemed like she was actually scared yeah. and that felt really genuine to me. But outside of that, there was no authenticity about that. Like it seems like more people were concerned about the fact that they were talking about getting married and not. It was fear. almost like it, you, right. And you're these comments like are spurring exactly the thoughts that I had. Um, that bothered me about it. It was almost as if the movie was more centered on like their relationship and the dramatic aspects of it. Like, and especially Mm -hmm. like we haven't talked about Jean-Luc or the love triangle aspect. That's just like really terrible, like really Mm -hmm. bad. Like, Oh yeah. I would have rather it been like Riverdale sure at least at least something there's just no substance it's not it's not interesting you're kind of like okay well what's gonna happen with we know she gets sick so what's gonna happen there Mm -hmm. it's more centered on you know their relationship rather than the the faith aspect of like what is underpinning these people like before and after this tragic event mm-hmm. you know and yeah. it's just not there and it's and it's like it kind of even undercuts jeremy and this is the thing Jer- jess and i talked about this after the movie um jeremy camp is very talented and i really yeah. like him like i really like a bunch of his songs and sure. i listened to them growing up you probably did too it was like i, a, I actually saw jeremy camp in concert yeah i mean and he's he's great he's like yeah in in those songs you could almost listen to a, like a couple of those songs and have a more meaningful experience than watching this movie, mm-hmm. which is, which is what it's like. You failed. You failed. If you were making a movie 
about an artist going through a tragic event like that and you boil it down to like well these songs came out of it and it's like well i could have just listened to these songs and had Mm -hmm. as a more impactful experience knowing that this is what he what he went through sure it's like yeah his wife had cancer and died and he wrote this song it's like wow that makes this song even more powerful it's like Mm -hmm. you watch this movie and i don't i don't know it's just like it's like okay (laughs) and i don't know and it's not yeah i'm not criticizing jeremy camp for that it's just kind of like you don't get this sense of and and that's i think that that is a really fatal flaw especially uh for the Irwin brothers as like Christians, mm-hmm. you are missing one of the most critical, like this could have connected with, this could have been a very powerful movie for mm-hmm. people and like brought a lot of people like, Oh dang, like that's how Christians deal with loss. That's mm-hmm. how Christians deal with like, this is the worst thing in the world, but I'm going to see Melissa again because mm-hmm because of the resurrection because of the gospel and there's none of the gospel isn't even in the movie like it is just kind of like we're praying and that's it and it's you don't know why like why is never answered and i think Mm -hmm. that's like really the the critical flaw of the movie so okay let me ask you this um i'm trying to formulate my question but i feel like i have a question that has come out of that with with that of like the gospel's not preached which it's not like not one time are they like well this is this is why we believe what we believe or anything like that would that like, have go ahead oh like what's the balance between the yeah, Kendrick brothers like, and the Irwin yeah yeah because we've we've watched you know facing the giants we've covered that that's a Kendrick brothers movie yep um and i'm sure you've seen other kendrick brother movies i have i've seen courageous right so like there we've seen enough of those movies to know like okay this is not it like this this can't be it from a filmmaking perspective and and so what is the balance because i felt like this was a a better made movie in mm-hmm. spite of its flaws, you know, whereas, yeah. you know, Facing the Giants is not like even from a technical aspect, it's, it's like a, just a bad movie all around. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the balance? I think that there, you know, you can. This is I don't I'm not a filmmaker. Right. And I, I but, realize like I'm not asking sure. you to answer this as an expert in the film industry because yeah. because obviously neither one of us are that's the whole point for this podcast for us but just like yeah just trying to like figure out like okay what what would be a good example of like faith without it being necessarily like preachy or shoved in your face mm-hmm. and also like still still somewhat quality Right. They, so you and I know like we can we can point to specific scenes where 
you know, I'm, I'm trying to think, but like Prisoners is top of mind because that was the last movie that we talked about. Sure. And Prisoners is a film about faith. It's like, and, and it's like, it's not a Christian movie, mm-hmm. but it's the reason it was a blacklist. Uh, I believe it was a blacklist script and that was like stuck and people were trying to get it developed. Um, yeah. Cause Mark, yeah, we talked about that. Like Mark Wahlberg was one of the executive oh, yeah. producers on it. And that's like, that's, that's super cool. Like knowing, Oh, he like, it's like a pretty quality thing that he was involved in. He's been involved with a lot of quality things, but prisoners is top of mind for us because you have Hugh Jackman, like doing terrible things to this kid who was himself like abducted. You find right. out. right? Yeah. Because he's trying to get his daughter back and he's saying the Lord's prayer and he said, forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass mm-hmm. against us. And he cannot say it because he is not forgiven this kid. Like he's right. not letting it go. Yeah. And I guess like my answer to that is you have to really believe in the, the power of cinema as storytelling Mm -hmm. to be able to direct great performers to say like in this moment you're you do not know where your child is Mm -hmm. and you were trying to do the right thing like what Denis Villeneuve is probably saying to Terrence Howard and Hugh Jackman in those moments like and Hugh Jackman just destroying the sink with the hammer and like he's Mm -hmm. a violent man you know Mm -hmm. like that is his character it's just, it, it's like, I don't really know exactly. I don't know exactly of like movies. I have a list of like, quote unquote, films of faith. We sure. talked about Silence and Tree of Life. I think Tree of Life is a great example of like really asking their ways to depict cinematically. Like, where, where are you? Do you like, do mm-hmm. you love me? Do you care about me? And mm-hmm. really asking God those questions. Um, And there, and like, I believe that this, like, I believe, you know, because, like, to, to us, Jeremy Camp is, like, a brother in Christ. Sure, And yeah. we believe, like, I cannot imagine, we can imagine, like, we can kind of imagine what it would have been like to go through what he went through. You but can it only wasn't imagine. This, it wasn't anything like this movie, you know? It wasn't anything yeah. as, like, powerful or meaningful or harrowing or sad, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. The so. only, The only time... I say the only time it was it was sad because even though it was like not acted well, but like it was sad because I I think it was really sad to me because I know that this actually happened right like seeing her character die in the movie like that was sad because I was like man this is this was a real person who did die from ovarian cancer at such a young age yes and the only time I was like sad at all really for any of the like characters per se was whenever KJ Appa is like lying on the floor in the hospital room still and his dad comes get and comes and gets him mm-hmm. uh that was the only time I was like really sad but um with with kind of like what you're saying you know you named several movies and stuff like that I, f- I feel like the the issue with christian movies is it it all it almost takes the emotion out of it altogether mm-hmm. and that's i mean like our our queen nicole kidman said we come together to this place to feel right yep. like i mean 
we we watch movies for to feel a sense of like belonging and shared experiences or to see other people's experiences and develop a better understanding of those things right yep it's to see stories unfold and relate to these characters and see ourselves in them and and maybe it's because i'm so skeptical about most things that it's hard for me to watch christian movies for that reason because the skeptic is always always ends up becoming the like you know diehard christian or they Mm -hmm. become the atheist who is then the bad guy right and so it's hard to i think strike that balance sometimes and so they take the emotion emotion out of it and i i think that's that is a mistake because we are emotional beings and god is is also emotional right like mm-hmm. how many times does it say that god you know gets angry or that he rejoices right like jesus would i mean he went into a temple and flipped tables like that's like yeah so it's always funny when people are like what would jesus do well he destroyed a whole temple so like that is an option you know but he also was very like tender and loving and and is those things and it just feels like I don't know. I don't feel anything whenever I'm watching Christian movies outside of maybe yeah. just like irritation or annoyance by how poorly this movie has been made. Um, and, and so I don't know. I feel like I just went on a tangent, but, but I feel no, like that that's, sense. that's the mistake with a lot of Christian movies is, or they the do emotion, tap into the, the, the emotion, emotion that you're talking about is kind of like in facing the giants. It's like just, artificial it's like this you know there's some there's some moments in facing the giants where you're like this is close this is this is close you're like really close but you're not there quite yeah and Um, and like if there is emotion it is artificial and it's also it's sometimes sometimes it feels a little manipulative in the sense of like okay well and this is what we talked about with facing the giants right of like well the story of that or the message of that that movie was if you pray, you'll get what you pray for. And that's not it at all, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, and I, for some reason, I, I guess it was just the way they were kind of setting everything up in this, and I still believe. At one point, I was like, please don't tell me they're going to make this seem like like what actually happened didn't happen and she was somehow miraculously saved. Because yeah. they kept saying, like, whenever the cancer came back, I was like, or when the cancer was gone, quote unquote gone, it was like, oh, this is wonderful. Everything's great. And I was like, this, everyone's being real cool. And I realized like, we know what happens, but for some reason I was like, are they going to make this a happy ending? And they kind of did. Yeah. Which I think is like him, him meeting his future wife after that. I was like, that is just like the wrong, completely the wrong move. Like they were trying to make that connection of, Melissa impacted her and it's like, yes. but how like, <laughs> it's like we, we don't like through her message. And it's like, wh- what is the met her Melissa's message based on though? Like 
really that's what uh ends up being so frustrating about the yeah. movie is that you just don't you don't know why i'm being rep- i'm being repetitive but like you don't it's it's just like kind of saying god will bring you through hard times mm-hmm. but like i said at the beginning of this episode like i don't even feel like god is made to be a real character of in the movie and like really moving he's like yeah. kind of like unknowing like kind of there but not really god is a character in tree of life mm-hmm. and in silence and like and those are you know those filmmakers have you can tell they've actually wrestled with faith and so it's kind of like even worse to this is not as like damning a christian movie as left behind or god's not dead mm-hmm. but it is it is kind of it is extremely manipulative and just kind of wrong to just say like god will bring you through hard times and you'll write a like like a grammy nominated song or any no, or whatever it yeah was. so yeah it's just like it's you come through it and you're better for it and it's like i don't know no no like yeah <laughs> i don't know anyway yeah God is also a character in Bruce Almighty and mm-hmm. Evan Almighty. So, yeah, probably better than he was in I still believe. I mean, Morgan Freeman plays God, so So true. So, anyway, but <laughs> to back to your point. Um yeah, it it I don't I also don't believe and I don't like this is just how I feel about it. Like I don't necessarily believe like everything happens for a reason and maybe it does and you just never know the reason right but i feel, I feel like that's it you you may not know you know yeah you know like in this life I, you know i i and i realize my job i hear some of the worst things yeah but also like i know people who've who've lost like siblings or relatives so young um like i have a friend who her one of her brothers died really young like she i think they have like maybe one or two pictures of the whole family before he died she was super young and so it's just like how do you reconcile that right like how do you because like sitting there going like well everything happens for a reason that's not a very comforting thing mm-hmm. and and like kind of like to your your point of like god is not a character like doesn't feel like a character in this movie and it's it almost feels like well you can go through really hard times but you can also write a grammy award-winning song or nominated song or whatever and have a really successful career in the music industry and it's like Man, that's not that's not how that works. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Come see, come saw. Yeah. Just uh I still I still believe that this was a good conversation, you know. I still believe that. I still believe that Jeremy can't pass some pretty good songs. I still believe that he's going to do some great things. I, I still believe that we can make this podcast a whole career. If we just pray. 
if we just pray. <laughs> <laughs> I still believe uh, if we do get big and the Irwin brothers or the Kendrick brothers get a hold of our podcast, we're going to face some trial and tribulation. That's what I still believe. I still believe that if that happens, we will be facing the giants of the Christian film industry. You know, I still believe that we're just going to have to be courageous during those moments. <laughs> I don't know if I have another one left. Um, um, I still believe that this podcast was re- uh, produced by Walter Lyle. Thanks for producing it. We missed you on this episode. You would have been like absolutely insane energy oh, that uh, honestly we could have used, but it's okay. We made it through. <laughs> um, I still believe that uh, our music is by Cord and Jocks. And I still believe that our, um, Art is by Macy Lummis. They're getting married. Whoop whoop. Five days from four, six days from this recording. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Can't wait to celebrate with them. Go listen to their music slash look at their work. They're awesome. Our next episode is Prince of Egypt. No, it's uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Killers of the Flower Moon. Three hours and 26 minutes, baby. Let's go. That's Scorsese looked at Nolan and said, hold my beer. Yeah. Um, and he did. He are did. you going to watch Nolan. the four hour cut of Napoleon when it comes to Apple TV? That's like I... the trifecta. You get Napoleon, Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Ooh. this year. I don't know if I realized there was going to be a four hour cut of that yep. movie. I think it's like three and, and a half hours. That's going to be in theaters. Really, Scott? I, I, I know. God three masters. Scott. I, you know what? I probably will. It, when does it come out? I don't know when it comes to Apple TV. I don't know if I'll be able to see it in theaters. So we'll have to sure. see. I will probably save it for, if it comes out during, before Thanksgiving, I'll probably save it for that week. Or if it comes out in December, I will probably watch it in the weird week in between Christmas and New Year's where no one knows what day it is and it feels like the Wild West. That's that's that seems like an optimal time to see it. Pew, 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 pew. You're gonna so. be driving around with your six shooter. That's right. Yep. So um the rest of the year, if you made it this far in this episode, here's a little uh Scooby snack. After the Killers of the Flower Moon, we're going to hit Prince of Egypt. Then we're gonna talk about all of Scott Pilgrim takes off. We're super, super, super excited for that. Pulp. It looks amazing. It looks so good. And then the Bike Riders, Jeff Nichols' new movie, is coming on December 6th, I believe. Um, I think that's the wide release. And mm-hmm. then we're going to talk about Christmas Vacation. Uh, do you have you seen Christmas Vacation? Not in its entirety. Okay. Well, we'll it'll be it'll be fun to talk about because Jess, uh, <laughs> Jess was like the first our first year of marriage. I think she said we should watch Christmas Vacation. I said you watch like grew up watching this. She said yeah, it's so funny. So then we watched it like we rented on Amazon. She said, that was like really, really foul and crude. And I was like, yeah, that's why I was surprised. And she said, I guess we watched the TV version. <laughs> and then that made a lot more sense. So Sure. That makes more sense. But so. anyway, Olivia, you have a great night. And we will see you in two weeks with Killers of the Flower Man. Bye.